Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing very good. You know, it's getting a little bit more chilly out there. Yes. I call it the fat man weather, and I can say that because I'm a fat man. <laughs> and uh, it's nice. I, I get to wear the the long sleeve hooded sweatshirts. And uh, today I was wearing shorts and, and I have to admit a couple of times my legs were, were chilly, but I, I don't know. That just, that excites me. I feel good about, it. I really do like cold weather. Yeah, um, I do. And so you live in the right place for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's been a, it's been a great, uh, great day today so far and yeah, no complaints. And you know, the pastor joke, if I didn't have any complaints, I'd need to repent. Yep. So. Yeah. I'm into that. How you doing brother? Uh, I am doing well. My, uh, my folks are up just, just for today and, and taking my girls back home with them tomorrow for the weekend for a men's retreat that I'm very much looking forward to. And um, my wife gets home home alone for the weekend as well. She She's going to be working as well, but uh, I know she's looking forward to Oh, yeah, she's going to be home alone. Yeah, so she's Oh, she doesn't get scared or anything. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And that, uh, so th- things are good there, but I, I think that's a, a good point as we come up to this the season of, Halloween, I guess for many, right? That that can be quite scary for some people. I know we were just talking our daughters uh, recently. Well, Kyla doesn't always know what we're saying, but um, talking about Halloween costumes. And so we wants to be Wonder Woman this year. And she actually has <laughs> one that, that fits her. We tried it last year, but it was too big for her. Nice. It fits better. So she's all, she was excited wearing that the other day around the house. Kyla will probably be, I think we're going to do Baby Shark for Kyla this year. So, uh, if, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, with, with Halloween around the corner, we, we had done an episode way back, episode 48, about whether or not Christians should celebrate, celebrate or participate in Halloween. So if you're interested about that and you haven't listened, go on back to that one to figure out whether you should be dressing yourself or your kids up for Halloween, whether you should give out candy or yell at kids to run away because this is a pagan <laughs> culture and religion and they need to leave. Uh, you can figure out where we stand on that. But as we are approaching Halloween, we wanted to talk about another similar topic, and that's the question of, are ghosts real? Right, uh, yeah. are ghosts real? Something that gets people scared, and uh, something that's that's kind of a big uh, topic that gets talked about. You're going to bring up a little bit just how commonplace a lot of ghost stories are in our culture today, and even throughout some of history. But as we often do, we want to just start with the definition of ghost because I think that that can mean different things to different people, right? And so uh, we want to look up the Oxford definition of ghost. So as we look at whether ghosts the way that the dictionary defines them are real or not, it's defined as this. An apparition of a dead person, which is believed to appear or become manifest to the living, typically as a nebulous image. So in other words, ghosts are the disembodied spirits of dead people that linger on earth. Hmm. Now, this would not be a demon then. By that definition. By that definition. The definitions are different. We've already talked about them before in the episode 87, Are Demons a Danger to Christians?, we spoiler, we'll be talking a little bit more about demons today in that, but that's really where we talk a lot about uh, demonic activity and stuff. But that is your definition of ghost uh, as far as Oxford is concerned. Yeah. Uh, disembodied spirits of dead people. Yep. 
Ghost, ghost stories regarding the disembodied spirits of dead people are very popular in our culture, uh, very commonplace. Uh, it's v- very usual, typical to uh, have people tell ghost stories, you know, around a campfire or uh, over at sleepovers and things like that. Kids and teenagers get really into that. But, but they're extremely popular also in books, uh, entertainment, television, movies. Just some examples. I think one of the most famous stories of all time in our culture, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uh, involves uh, ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you got the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of pre- Christmas present, the ghost of uh, the the uh, Christmas uh, future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the, the 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 idea of ghosts, I think, intrigues people. Um, I remember M. Night Shyamalan, uh, his most popular movie. It was probably The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all about uh, ghosts and a kid who saw ghosts. And you know, other movies like Paranormal Activity, Poltergeist, uh, from my era, one that's really, was really popular, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. They had like a cartoon of, of Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. TV, the TV series Lost uh, would end up being about ghosts, uh, if you didn't know. Spoiler alert there. Um, and and uh, another one that was real popular was The Ghost Whisperer. Uh, with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Have you ever, you ever seen that one? I have not seen that one. Yeah, that didn't appeal to me either, but uh, a lot of people did see it. And then there's reality shows like Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. uh, as well, where people go in and try to uh, use infrared cameras and different things to pick up a, a ghost activity, supposedly. And ironically, even th- I, f- I found this very, very strange, but but ghosts are so popular in our culture. Barna Christian Research did a poll just a few years back and determined that about 46% of churchgoers believe ghosts are real. Okay, so clearly a popular thing. Lots of people, believers, Christian believers as well, or at least churchgoers based on that research, yeah. um, believe that ghosts are real. And so, and I, I think more based on that definition of what, what I talked about in the beginning. Yeah. But we're going to look next at if there are accounts of ghosts in the Bible. Right to just even see, you know, whether it's descriptive text or whatever, and then get into a little bit more about what do we do about that. And so we got to start in Leviticus. Uh, there's gonna be a few different verses here in Leviticus 19 and 20, starting in 19, verse 31. It says, "Do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God." In Leviticus 20, verse 6, as for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. And then finally, Leviticus 20, verses 27. Now a man or a woman who is a medium or spiritist shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. So a couple of things we know from that. One, if you're a medium or a spiritist, things are not looking good for you, according to God. <laughs> God was not about mediums or spiritists. And just for so you guys are aware, what a medium is, is not a size of shirt, but rather a person who would call upon the dead or dead spirits to try to uh, raise them up or speak to them to get knowledge from ancestors. It, it could look a lot of different ways, but this is really just turning to the spirit realm for uh, knowledge and information that we have today. And what God is is saying is, hey, I'm I'm God. I'm the one that that gives this information. I'm the the spirit that you go to, the the God that you go to. Don't be calling on, um, you know people who are dead or other spirits outside of God. And uh, clearly in, in these, um, in these scriptures, you have, you know, the death penalty really for if uh, medium or spiritist. Yeah. I mean, Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, it gets in the same sort of thing where it says, there shall not be a found among you. Anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who uses divination or who practices witchcraft. I mean, the divination, there's the idea of like speaking to dead people uh, and discerning or interprets omens. It says, or a so- sorcerer, 
or one who casts spells, and you get it back to the medium or spiritist or one, listen to this specifically, or one who calls up the dead. So for, it says, for whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. So um, there's this idea that, th- that this sort of practice was happening, and at least at the very at the very least, people thought they were speaking yep. uh, to the to the dead. Isaiah eight nineteen, God is speaking to His people, and He says, "When they say to you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, you should not a people consult their God. Should should or should not a people consult their God rather than this." Goes on and says, "Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living?" So what God is saying, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't be involved in that. Don't participate in that. Stay away uh, from from the the dead. Yeah, and now I got a good chunk of scripture here for one of the the passages we see in the Old Testament, First Samuel, regarding uh, Saul and the well perceived ghost, at least of of Samuel, and, and dealing with a medium and a spirit. Yeah, yeah. that deals this way. And uh, so, so here's just a little narrative I want to read for you in chapter twenty eight, verse three, and then verse seven through twenty one. So a little bit of scripture here, uh, but I think just reading the whole thing tells the the whole story better than I can sum up. And so I'll read it for you now, and it starts this way. It says, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city, and Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. Okay, so interesting. Now just jump forward a few verses, and it says this way. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. So uh, change of heart there fairly quickly. <laughs> and his servants said to him, Behold, there's a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, divine for me by a spirit and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. And the woman said to him, surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, what is his appearance? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul (laughs) knew that it was Samuel and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress for the Philistines are warring against me. And God has turned away from me and your answer and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, why then do you ask me since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your son shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hands of the Philistines. Then Saul fell at once full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul, and when she saw that he was terrified, she said to him, Behold, your servant has obeyed you. I have taken my life in my hand and have listened to what you have said to me. So a lot there. Wow, yeah. A lot there. But I mean, and (laughs) just breaking it down a little bit, and Jackie, you can fill in the cracks here. Uh, of what I missed, but you have one Saul who knows that mediums and spiritists should be put out. In fact, he did that in verse three. And then he's worried about this upcoming battle. And so he goes back on his own word and not just his word, but God's word, more importantly. And he calls up, finds a medium 
and then says to bring up Samuel, who of of all people would know, like that's would not want to be brought up, right? If that if that were the case. But so it goes and uh, you know tells her, I'm not I'm not going to attack you, but then or I'm not going to punish you for this. But then as he talks to at least this perceived ghost of Samuel at the time, and Samuel essentially tells him like God's against you, like things are not going to go well for you tomorrow um, yeah. in this battle. And we see that happen. That's when Saul dies, dies in battle, uh, that God brings that death upon him and his sons as well. So just for the context of him even consulting a medium, regardless of whether or not it was actually Samuel's ghost, and there's you know different debates on that of whether it's his ghost. Yeah, we'll or talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll but, get into that. But regardless of, of whether that was, this was not a good thing. It was clearly no. condemned by God, and God's consequences came as a result very quickly. Yeah. Within 24 hours for Saul. Right. So also one of the things I found very interesting about that passage is uh, like in verse 12, I think it was, where the medium or the spiritus is like, why have you deceived me? It's like almost like she was shocked that yeah. this happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, she's supposed to be talking to the dead regularly. Yeah. And then like this happens. She's like, what? What is going on? Uh-huh. This actually happened. Yep. Um, so I just I find that interesting. But th- this is not the only example. And there's other examples in the Old Testament. One one more brief one. Uh, Manasseh. Uh, he was um, a king. Second Kings chapter twenty one, uh, one and two talks about him reigning, and then it says he did a bunch of abominations that uh, were evil in the sight of the Lord. And then verses five and six of Second Kings twenty one tell us what they were. And it says he built altars for all the host of heaven. In the two courts of the house of the Lord, he made his son pass through the fire. He practiced witchcraft and divination, and he dealt with mediums and spiritists. Then it goes on to say he did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking the Lord to anger. So Saul's not the only one. Uh, he was the first one we see of the kings of Israel and the first king of Israel, by the way. Um, and then other kings who followed him got into the same trouble as well. Um, it's also not just an old Testament thing. Uh, we see uh, ghosts at least mentioned or thought of to be ghosts uh, in the new Testament. So like in, in Matthew 14, 25 through 27, Jesus came walking out on the sea and it says that when the disciples saw him, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. I mean, it's literally, it's a ghost. And it says they cried out in fear and Jesus calmed their fear. So the disciples when they see Jesus walking on the water, their immediate reaction is ghost. Yeah. So it, it at least tells us if nothing else, that it was at least somewhat commonplace in their culture to believe in ghosts exactly. or that you could see them because yes. that was their initial reaction. Right. Of course. And then the same thing happens even later after this, when Jesus, after Jesus has told them, then I'm not a, I'm not a ghost. It's me, Jesus. After Jesus dies, so in, in Luke 24, so after the resurrection, so after he was crucified and then after he was resurrected, it says they were talking about it, and Jesus came and he stood among them, uh, Luke 24, 36 through 39, and it says they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Mm-hmm. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Uh, and why do, you, why do these doubts arise in your mind? He says, look at my hands, look at my feet. It is I myself, touch me and see. And listen to what Jesus says. This is interesting. He says, a ghost does not have flesh and bones, mm-hmm. as you see I have. Yeah. So, so you get this picture again of even Jesus is relating, right, What that there is a ghost. Now, again, whether that's our actual definition of ghost or not, we'll, we'll get to in a bit, but that Jesus was clearly different than that. 
Right. And then and then one other one, not to mention, you know, King James refers to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. Yeah. But one other one I, I'd, I'd forgot about, I just remembered, uh, in Acts chapter 12, Peter's in prison and they're praying for him to be released. And he gets released and he comes and he goes knocking at the door and a servant girl comes to the door and she goes to, to, to see him and she goes to tell them who it is. And I'm like, well, that's not Peter. That's his his ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so even, even the people who are praying for Peter to be released, their first reaction when Peter's at the door is all, they must've killed him. And that's his ghost. Yeah. Easier for them to believe in a ghost. Easier than for that, them that to their believe prayers were actually answered. Easier for the, it, it, what it, is that not profound? Yeah. Sad, but it's true. And so, yeah, whatever they believed about ghosts in their culture to them, it was more likely mm-hmm. that Peter was a ghost than it was actually Peter. Yeah. Yeah. It tells a little something about some of the faith there. Now, <laughs> So I think the next part, do I think the question has to be, do we believe the biblical narratives are describing ghosts then as we define them? I've alluded to this a little bit, and we we clearly see ghost, or at least the word ghost is used multiple times in Scripture. And Jesus uses so, it. And Jesus yeah. uses it. So, okay, ghosts, ghosts are there, but then based on how we describe them, these, um, which again, just to remind you, an apparition of a dead person who is believed to appear or become manifest to the living typically is a nebulous image or more clearly ghosts being disembodied spirits uh, spirits of dead people lingering on earth. So is that the definition that we see in the biblical narratives? Jackie, kick us off with Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Remember him before, or remember him, so remember God, before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. So just real quick, that's all poetic language to say before you die. Yep. <laughs> And uh, so, so Solomon is saying, before you die, remember God. And he goes on to say in verse seven, why? He says, the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Hmm. So what Solomon is saying is your body will turn to dust. Your body will return to the earth, but your spirit goes to God and, 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 you're going to talk about there's two destinations after death. but So your spirit isn't hovering around on earth. Mm-hmm. It isn't hanging out here. So the idea of ghosts being disembodied spirits of dead people linger on earth, we don't linger on earth. Solomon's very clear. Your body turns to dust and your spirit leaves and it goes to be uh, goes before God yeah. uh, for judgment. Yeah, and I know one we didn't even put in here, but the, Paul talks about being you know, at, absent, at from home, the body. Yeah, yep. absent from the bodies at home with the Lord, right? And so yes. it doesn't sound like there's a lot of in-between there and, and Hebrew, Hebrews nine verse twenty seven uh, goes on with this point. It says, "Just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment." So we know biblically that when people face judgment, which according to Hebrews is going to be right after death, death yep. um, they either go to heaven or hell based on whether or not they know Jesus as, as their Lord and Savior or not. So therefore, then a dead person's ghost returning to earth after to haunt the earth or to linger around, whether it's positive or negative, right? Because I think some people look, oh, there's like this haunted house and there's, there's a ghost. Good ghost. That, Casper, yeah, yeah, the right. There's, ghost. there's a good ghost or the one that the ghost is, as people will, you know, call upon their ancestors to help them with something, right? Whether it's a good, a positive or negative, based on scripture, a dead person, a dead person's ghost returning to earth would go against the Bible's teaching on the afterlife, right? Because even if it's positive, that would, you know, say that somebody's spirit is coming down from heaven to dwell on earth, which wouldn't make sense. And and similarly coming up from hell and we know there's no in between because it goes there right away. Right. Well, cause some people believe, you know, they're, they're the ghosts of their, their forefathers, their, their mother's ghost is looking after them and all these things. And it just, it doesn't fit in the biblical narrative. That, that's no. not, 
that's not what happens. Now, there definitely could be angels that are doing that. God, God could be doing that. But in fact, I even see that in, in Hebrew. I've been reading through Hebrews, mm-hmm. and um, the first couple of chapters it talks about. Uh, I think it was even Hebrews one at the end that angels are sent as ministering spirits to yes. people. So like that, that's their role, and we we have that, and we know that. Yes, and Hebrews thirteen even says some people uh, have entertained angels and they didn't even know it. Yep. Right. So they're they're there. So that could happen, but it's not a ghost. It's definitely a spirit being. But it's not a ghost. And if you go back to that first Samuel 28 passage that you're reading about Saul and Samuel's ghost, the Bible doesn't explicitly say that this was Samuel's ghost, but that Samuel came up from out of the earth there. Um, but it was clearly condemned what Saul did. Yeah. And God, God killed Saul as a result of it the following day. But if you go to First Chronicles chapter 10, 13 and 14, uh, we get some some commentary on this passage that you read. And it says this. So Saul died for his trespass, which he committed against the Lord because of the word of the Lord, which he did not keep. And also because he asked counsel of a medium, making inquiry of it, and did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him and turned the kingdom to David, the son of Jesse. So, I mean, it it could be that God sent Samuel back for a special purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Moses and Elijah showed up on earth. When yep, Jesus sure. was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration with the apostles, uh, with Peter, James, and John. So they were there. It could be that God did that, but that doesn't make him a ghost. Yep. He wasn't here lingering around. In fact, he wasn't on this earth. In fact, the medium said, oh, I see him coming up. Like yeah. he, he, So he wasn't there and just needed someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So it, it, it could have been Samuel. It, it could have it been uh, a demon. We don't know, we don't, but, but either way, it's not a typical thing, and he wasn't just hanging out there. So it doesn't fit the definition of a ghost. Yeah, and I think 2 Corinthians 11 uh, goes into this more, verse 14 and 15. It says, No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So mm-hmm. we know clearly that angels have appeared to people throughout the Bible. Absolutely. Right. And we know that demons do as well. And so it would not be out of the realm of possibilities that a demon whose goal is to deceive and destroy could appear as a ghost, as as we would see it. Right? Either good or bad. Yeah, good, good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that it could appear positively and, and attempt yep. to deceive or negatively and attempt to deceive. So therefore, I think any depictions we see in the world as ghosts, uh, according to that definition, are either imagined or demons, and they seek to deceive and destroy us, even if it may not appear that way. But again, Satan and his servants appear as angels of light, right? right? If Satan always just appears as himself, people aren't going to follow it. But that's, that's the, the goal. If... Satan can just take us off of the path of Jesus. If he can twist the scripture just enough, it's just a little bit like with Adam and Eve in the garden. He just said, hey, just do this little thing. Did God really say that? And it's just enough to twist, but Doubt the God's twisting word. of the scripture mm-hmm. is sin. Absolutely. And, and so I think the, the case that you're making there, and, and I, I agree with it 100%, I believe this is what the Bible would, would teach regarding this, is that ghosts, the, the spirits of, of people who have passed on are not here on earth. Yeah. Right. The, the, we go to be with God, to face judgment, and we go to heaven, and we go to hell for, for eternity. Uh, but there are spirits here on this earth, mm-hmm. and they're not of dead people. They're of angels and they're of demons. Yep. And so I think it's even possible that maybe someone has encountered an angel and thought it was a ghost. And, but, but more likely, I'm with you, I believe that most of these, these things are, are demons. Yep. Um, and and uh, we need to be careful about that and recognize that. Mm-hmm. And, and and another reason then it makes all the more sense why God says don't participate in any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's demonic. 
You, you don't yeah. see anywhere in scripture that any of that stuff is positive, right? You see no. the, like the no. demoniac uh, that's in the tombs and cutting himself and that like yeah. there's I mean, you could even say that guy was haunting that place. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. Yes. And, and and by the way, it's it was a graveyard. Yep. Right? And people a lot of ghost stories happen in graveyards. Yep. Uh, and we know that was was demonic. And that's the thing. See, Satan and demons can do unexplainable things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 24, 24, Jesus warns us. He says, false Christ and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders as to mislead, and if possible, even the lack. So what Jesus is saying is the demon, Satan's going to come and work, and his demons are going to do things to try to mislead people and keep them from putting their faith and trust in God. With so, signs and wonders, too. With signs it's, and wonders, yeah, miracles and things. And it could be, even like, oh, my goodness, I saw a ghost. And and you think about these people, these ghost hunters that we talked about, you know, and, and they're looking for... Uh, maybe purpose or meaning or, oh, maybe they'll give us some message or something. And, and sure enough, they're probably going to give you a message, but it's not going to be the message of the gospel. No, for sure. And, and so demons do that or, or like Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 uh, in the armor of God. We're reminded, it says, uh, finally be strong in the Lord and his strength. Put on the full armor of God so you'll be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes. By the way, one of the devil's schemes may be the whole idea of ghosts. And then it goes on to say in verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms. So there are spirits around, absolutely. And but but they're not they're not the spirits of people who have passed. And, and so but they are there. And 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 so if people are seeing that, I, I I'm with you. I believe that's more demonic activity. It's certainly not ghosts. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, where so much of it, too, I think we see it even more today because of the increased use of, of drugs and, and oh, mind, yes. mind-twisting stuff. I always think it's interesting when you see the word, you read it earlier, in one of them, sorcery, especially in yes. the New Testament, sorcery is the word pharmakeia, right? Yes, it's, it is. Yep. So it always has to do with drugs, drugs pharmaceuticals. And yep. so, yeah, if uh, staying off drugs is a, is a great way to not encounter demons as often. So uh, <laughs> kids don't do drugs. No, that's, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, so how, how should we respond to all of this? The ghost stories, the ghost talk, demon, demon activity. I think first John four, four says this, you are from God, little children and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I think that's just a, a awesome promise to remember. Yeah. There are demons in the world. There Satan, are spirits. Satan yeah. is like a, he's like a hungry lion. He's around the world. He is attacking. He is trying to break us. He is trying to rip us apart however he can, but we got to remember greater is God than Satan in this world. And because we are of Jesus, we are little children of him and part of his family. We have nothing to fear. And the world does a great job of trying to cast us into fear, but that's why we need to hold to the scripture and remember that God's got us and, and Satan Amen. can't hurt us as long as we're part of that family. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, we, we need to, it, the, the key is, do, do you have faith in Christ? If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have nothing to fear. Yeah. If he's not, you've got every reason to fear. Yeah. And you got a lot more to fear than just demons on this earth. That's, you got that you got right. after this. Earth. Absolutely. I think we also need to respond uh, and ask God to give us the same heart, the same confidence, the same faith that David had in Psalm 23, uh, particularly verse 4, where he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think a lot of times when it comes to the whole idea of ghosts and that sort of thing, there, there's going to be a lot of fear there, and mm-hmm. people can be scared about that. But uh, I think we made it clear that there's no such thing as ghosts, spirits of dead people lingering on earth. 
But there is spiritual activity for sure. Um, there are demons and there are angels and that stuff is there. But the reality is even if we go through something and we feel like maybe it's a ghost and our thoughts are lying to us or it's our imagination or we're believing a lie or whatever it might be, we have no reason to fear that evil. Mm-hmm. If Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and we have our faith and trust in him, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death or even though we walk through or experience some kind of paranormal activity, whatever that is, right, I don't have to fear that evil. Mm-hmm. Because of what you said, greater is he who's in me than he's in the world. God is with me. He's a comfort. He's a peace. And so we don't have to be afraid. And, and I think when we find ourselves maybe struggling about with this, we need to ask God to give us wisdom, ask God to give us strength, ask God to give us peace, and rely on him to help us um, no matter what our fears might be. Yeah, and, and just one more practical thing. Just don't give the, don't give the devil a foothold by overly engaging in all of these different activities, ghost, these ghost things, movies, or movies, horror movies, and paying money for entertainment that's going to open you up to demonic activity. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Don't do it. It's or, unwise. Like, Halloween's coming up. Listen, as a Christian, I don't. Why would we want to go to a haunted house? Yeah, not me. I mean, you know, it, it, I understand it's fake, it's pretend, but what? Hey, don't participate in the spiritists and the mediums. Yeah, yeah. Opening don't, yourself don't up open to yourself it is, up to that stuff. Stay out of there. So to summarize, ghosts may be a big part of our culture today and even cultures in the past, but it's important that we have a biblical framework around what we talk about and believe in. We see in the Bible an assumption of belief in ghosts by non-followers and followers of Jesus alike, but it becomes clear when looking at the word of God that people upon death will face judgment and either go to heaven or hell, depending on whether or not they have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, not just lingering around this world, it's still making an impact after death. Because of that truth, there's no way that the spirit of a dead person could appear as a ghost in our world today. However, we know that demons very much exist and are working to deceive and destroy us. The Bible is clear that even demons appear as angels of lights, as angels of light with a hope of misleading people away from the truth of God and believing a lie. Any quote-unquote ghost experience out there is a lie, someone's imagination getting the best of them, or a demonic presence. So, are ghosts the way we understand them to be in our culture real? No, we don't believe so. Are demons who can appear as ghosts in an effort to deceive people real? Absolutely. And we must be on guard, rightly handling the word of truth to combat any lies from the enemy. That concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.